Well, this uh, this episode carries the Charles Atlas seal of approval. <laughs> Episode 449. It's a podcast. I'm Mike and I'm Lisa. Welcome back, Lisa. Thank you, Mike. How are you doing? I am doing well. How are you? Excellent. I'm good. I'm good. I'm getting into the vibe of October. Yeah. And we're already at the end. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> this year has gone by so fast. It's insane. But what's important about that is, is that this is the Halloween episode. Yay! <laughs> Halloween. I'm excited. Very excited. <laughs> I love Halloween. Me too. I love October and the fall also. Yeah, I'm a little bit sad because I'm not doing a lot of haunt activities. I mean, first, there aren't really many haunted houses around this area because I'm on the central coast. I'm kind of smack dab between uh, uh, San Francisco and Los Angeles. Right. So if I want anything really good, I have to drive four hours either and, way. Oh, boy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and we try to go to Universal Studios Halloween Horror Nights one year. We figured it was just like uh, Six Flags, where you know the monsters come out at a certain time, but you're there for the whole day. No, we <laughs> uh, were there. We spent the whole morning there and early afternoon, and then at like five o'clock, they're like, "We're closing down the park." <laughs> we're like, "Wait, what?" And apparently, you have to get in line, and it's a completely separate event, which costs another hundred dollars. Just what? for the evening activities. <laughs> and we try to get tickets and they're like, oh, yeah, we've been sold out for like two weeks. <laughs> I'm like, great. So, but we did go to Six Flags uh, Fright Fest and that was absolutely phenomenal. We had like this car that will carry you up the hill, you know, little tram thing. And uh, the the zombies will actually like get on with you and follow you <laughs> up the hill, and it was it was outstanding. Well, cool. Where is that? Uh, where is that Six Flags near you? Uh, it's Six Flags Magic Mountain. It's in the L.A. area. I don't recall if it's L.A. proper, um, but it's uh, you know right along Major Highway uh, down there. So, and I found out that there is a Great America. Uh, which is not what? a Six Flags related Great America in the Bay Area. It's just somebody was like called Great. It's not, it's not Marriott's it, Great America, like where no. we, what we grew up with. <laughs> I remember that way back in the day. Yep. Are you from Illinois originally? No, I'm from Racine. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, that area. Northern Illinois, Southern Wisconsin. Yeah. It all blends together. <laughs> <laughs> it really does. <laughs> But you're so, saying yeah, San really Francisco confused. has has something a theme park called Great America, but it's yeah not Warner Brothers cartoon characters nope. everywhere, not at all. <laughs> so yeah, doing that, um, spending a lot of time getting ready for uh, Dystopia Rising Conviction. Oh boy! Uh, yeah, so in a week and a half, I get to go to prison. <laughs> oh, that's right. You were you were telling I'm us that, about that last time. 
Yeah. So it's, it's getting closer. Um, so just reworking costumes and doing fun stuff. Cool. Getting mentally prepared. <laughs> <laughs> I went to a, good times. a, a couple of haunted houses, uh, last week. I, uh, I went, mm-hmm. I went up North to see my family. that good huh just kidding no it was it all went very very well um everybody was happy to see me or at least they acted that way and i was happy to see all of them and it was wonderful and i discovered a new hotel in the area that was very nice and that i will stay at again no (laughs) we did go to a haunted house though a real haunted house they're um ghost hunting well, no, sort of. I mean, my 13-year-old nephew brought his uh his Ghostbusters trap. That looks <laughs> really cool. It looks just like, you know, it's as good as a, a toy as you could imagine, you know, and That's it's got awesome. the cord could be longer. It's not it's only like 5 feet long or something. It's not like 20 <laughs> feet long like in the movie. But it's got the remote button that opens it and it makes noise and lights. That's awesome. I didn't even know they made that. No, no, and uh yeah, we 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 didn't have any of that kind of stuff. Contrary to what Stranger Things season two may have led you to believe, there were no uh, khaki flight suits for in child sizes in 1984. Believe me, I looked. <laughs> My parents looked. We couldn't find them. Um, guess what? Back I... when your your parents had to like sew you a costume, your mom had to make you a costume if you wanted something like that. I made my own. I I had khaki really? slacks. And a khaki button-up <laughs> shirt that were almost the same color, and I found a uh, like a long zipper, and I like double stick taped it to the front to cover up the buttons on the shirt and to make it look like it was one piece. And then I had the the green army belt around the middle That's to hide, awesome, you know, the waist. Yeah, and I built my so own proton pack. Always kind of theatrical. <laughs> well, n- n- when I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Did you have like a little uh, name tag? Yep. I think I was Bankman. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. But uh, I just saw um, commercials for Ghostbusters Afterlife, November 19th, in, the- in theaters only. You got to go only out and see it. coming out. <laughs> can't wait to see that. Because the original cast mostly is in it, right? I think so. Um, everybody but Harold Ramis. Well, yeah, sad. Rest in peace. But mostly it's like Paul Rudd and his kids. That's, I like Paul Rudd. And he's supposedly the the kid of one of the original Ghostbusters, I think. I'm not sure huh. how it works. They're somehow related. So November 19th, huh? That's what the TV said. Definitely going to need to go out and see that <laughs> and make a trip of that <laughs> with friends. Oh, yeah. But, um. That's like classic. <laughs> I may have to. I'm gonna have to watch both of them. Unfortunately, two two is it's it is what it is. I liked two. At least a it lot. was you know they made it. It's it's <laughs> it's their not as good sequel that they made. <laughs> yeah, but it, I mean it had some great one liners. Oh sure, yeah. like uh, the Titanic. Uh, the Titanic just came in. Better late than never. <laughs> Down at the dock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, like who can forget Vigo? <laughs> <laughs> Vigo the Carpathian. That's right. Who is forever loved and hated. <laughs> or loved to hate. And pink slime. Yes. 
<laughs> the toaster dances. <laughs> oh, mood slime. That's what that's what they call it. <laughs> her, her bathtub tried to eat her. What? <laughs> and Bankman got uh got Ray to admit to doing inappropriate things with the slime in private. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that a scene? That was a scene that they cut out of the original Ghostbusters. I believe uh, where there is a ghost that basically unzips his fly. Dan Aykroyd is like sleeping and then oh, wakes no, that's up. In it. Is it in it? You think like they, I, I thought that they, they don't cut show it, it out on TV of or... son of them. Yeah. Maybe it was the television version. Cause I watched one where I was like, wasn't that a scene that was supposed to be in the movie? So, cause that's during the montage where they play the, Ghostbuster song, almost the whole thing. Yeah, and he's yeah, he's, it may have been a TV. He's thing. dreaming. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> ghost was does, a fun scene, though. Ghosts, uh, the ghost does sexy things to him. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, nine-year-old me in the theater in summer of 1984. I had no idea what the hell was going on there. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, why are his eyes crossed? You know, my parents were like, never mind. <laughs> Look, a new scene. <laughs> if your kids get our jokes, it's not our fault. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my goodness. Good times. I did watch, um, I watched a horror movie the other day that is still making my skin completely crawl. Uh oh. Yeah. Um, That's it's good, called though, Gaia. Right? Uh, yes, <laughs> it is. It certainly achieved its goals. Gaia, uh, it's huh? called yeah Gaia, and uh, basically is this guy and his son uh, out in the woods, and they've become primitives. I believe it takes place in like Nairobi, uh, and uh, they've become primitives, and they worship this goddess in the forest. <clears throat> and well, <laughs> there's mushroom monsters, like human mushroom hybrids and at one point this woman researcher is out there and uh you know finds these guys she gets injured of course very badly and they're taking care of her and uh she ends up falling in love with the uh the son but uh yeah there's all sorts of stuff with uh fungus growing out of the skin and oh. i cannot i can't unsee that like I need Clorox for my eyes at this point and my brain because it just it's making my skin crawl because at some point like she's plucking you know fungus out of her skin and I'm like oh god creepy so like it's growing out of their pores or something or like growing out of her arm uh, there is one guy that ends up covered in it like it's uh, have you seen Hannibal no. So there's a, a scene in Hannibal as well where they're using a cadaver to grow fungus. Um, and yeah, it's it's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> and it looks like that. <laughs> and I feel like there's actually a, a, a condition, a skin fungus, that this actually happens. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, it's not just a movie anymore. I know. That's why. <laughs> It actually happened to you. It doesn't quite look like mushrooms, I suppose, but I don't know if you can see. Uh, um, probably no. not. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Looked well, like yeah, some... you know, you type in skin mushrooms on Google. Skin mushrooms. <laughs> okay, audience, let, all together now, let's Google skin <laughs> mushrooms. Oh, yeah, that's uh, just disgusting. <laughs> I was like having dreams about it after I watched the movie, and I don't, I don't get freaked out by horror movies very often, but this one was pretty special. Yeah, that's gross. Yeah. <laughs> So, ladies and gentlemen, if you start uh, growing rainbow fungus out of your skin, please don't hesitate to see your doctor. Now, is the <laughs> rainbow fungus the real stuff or the stuff in the movie? Oh, that was the stuff in the movie. Oh, okay. Um, but there is a fungal infection called mycosis, which is a skin disease caused by fungus. Uh, there are millions of species of fungi. They live in dirt, on plants, on household services or surfaces, and apparently now in your skin. Coming soon to a body near you. Ew. <laughs> and it's funny because in the movie, she she starts dreaming about having these skin funguses like growing out of her, these rainbow little fungal plants. And uh, yeah, it's it's pretty terrifying. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. So yeah, horror movies. Be careful what you watch. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I, st- I started to tell you about the, the real haunted house. Yes, yeah, sorry. And then sorry. we got sidetracked <laughs> on Ghostbusters and horror movies. Um, no, there is a uh, an old, it looks like the Munster house, but it's Cream City brick, you know, mm-hmm. that, that, yeah. light, that light colored brick from Milwaukee. Yeah. That a lot of houses are built <laughs> out of around there. Um, yeah. It's like th- three stories tall and it's got the turrets. It's here in the mansard roof. It looks like the Munster house. Um, really? And, uh, it was operated as a bed and breakfast for a long time, and uh, they the, mm-hmm. they just sold it. The people that were running it sold it to somebody, and they're gonna restore it and do something to it. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> we had we had access to it, so we had a private tour. Oh wow! <laughs> At night with the with almost full moon. <laughs> that is that's awesome. <laughs> and the uh, like the hallway on the top on the third floor looks like The Shining, <laughs> like oh, a God. wallpaper. <laughs> Yeah. So did anything strange happen? No, nothing strange happened. Um, do you have the heebie-jeebies? No, I didn't. My ne- my nephews like tried to uh, scare people. Like they <laughs> they would sneak into a room without anyone noticing and sit there and wait for people to come back down the hall and then just like jump scare, click close the door and then lock it from the inside so that's you know somebody like try to open the door back up. Oh, it's locked now. <laughs> How'd this door get locked? I hey, give people heart attacks. <laughs> It was just us. <laughs> That's fun. There was a there was a house that my boyfriend at the time and I used to go to. And we used to go like once a week. We we're kind of obsessed with this place. It's called Raven's Grin Inn. Uh, it is in Mount Carroll, Illinois, and it is a year-round haunted house. Um, and actually, no, I told you about it on the last. I was going to say, is that the one you sent yeah. us a picture of? The picture, yeah, yeah. It is. Uh, I, it was weird to see a place that was a haunted attraction, you know, uh, you know, a lot of animatronic things and performance and stuff like that, but also legitimately haunted because I did work there for a Halloween and some very strange things happened, <laughs> like animatronics in the middle of the night would just come on and off by themselves and things like that. So, yeah, that was either episode 437 or 438. 
<laughs> I can't tell. Um, yeah, so go back and check yeah. one of those out. I'm just Spooky. go. The picture's posted on there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty cool. That picture. Yeah. What is it? <laughs> it's spooky. That's what it, it is. Shouldn't be there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting ready to go on the thirtieth. Uh, since I'm not doing any haunt stuff, uh, our local theater, uh, the Santa Maria Civic Theater, uh, who I've done shows with before, is going to be showing the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh boy! Yeah, with doing costume contests with audience participation. Oh yes. <laughs> without a doubt <laughs> <laughs> and how far is that from you uh it's about 25 30 minutes or so oh, it's in good. santa maria california so not four hours not four hours is good no <laughs> no yeah not four <laughs> hours <laughs> you get some sort of thrill for halloween it'll be great cool have you seen the rocky horror picture show i think i think we've talked about this yes in the theaters like yeah i told you okay i got taken when i was 10 oh that's right <laughs> <laughs> so you were divergenized very early with the rocky horror picture show well I, they didn't uh carry me up on stage <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> for obvious reasons but yeah because <laughs> that's uh, what they do with the people has... that, that show up in uh regular yeah. clothes yeah they all have different uh different things that they do each theater um, uh, Chicago, <laughs> Chicago made people do the Brady Bunch orgasms on stage. What? What is that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you had to pick a Brady Bunch character and do a fake orgasm as that character. <laughs> it was very awkward at times. <laughs> uh, we had all sorts of stuff. Um, yeah, they'd make people dress up in skirts and things like that draw a big V on your head if you hadn't been there before in lipstick. Yeah. So you were easily identifiable in the audience. So did they, did they do like all the characters were, did they make, they, did. they made people like come up eighth mm -hmm. and ninth and do Bobby and Cindy? Like, Oh, that's awkward. Yep. Oh yeah. There were, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Very, we're, I'm, I just want it for the record. Weird. I am Bobby from one of those uh, TV movies afterward where he was an adult. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was pretty weird. Uh, so, but you know, it's fun, and I'm kind of curious to see what uh, Santa Maria Civic Theater is going to do with it. You'll have to uh, report back and let us know. I absolutely will. Actually, the best cast that I've ever seen was in Milwaukee, of all things, at the Oriental Theater. Is absolutely amazing. They have red velvet curtains. They have ornate gold statuary, and um, their set is absolutely straight out of the movie. It was incredible. They obviously put a lot of money and a lot of time into their set because uh, it, it looked like you were on the set of the film. Wow. It's great. Yeah. I'm trying to think if I've ever been there. I've it's heard, worth know. it if you ever go back. <laughs> well, just to the <laughs> theater. Yeah. It's beautiful. Like everybody's heard of the Oriental Theater from that area. Yeah. I'm trying to think that I ever actually see anything there and I can't come up with anything. So maybe not. Yeah. Definitely no, I, worthwhile. I haven't seen a, a live performance other than whatever was going on around me. At, yeah. At the I'd like to go showing. see it. In, <laughs> I'd like to go see it in New York someday. Like, cause they still have, you know, a huge 
uh, contingency of, you know, the Rocky Horror Picture Show fan club out there. I believe that's where it started originally. Um, I know LA has a, uh, a cast uh, that performs it. So, so it's still alive and well, Great. even though it's 46 years old. <laughs> <laughs> it's as old as I am. <laughs> and me. <laughs> Good old 46. Well, how about that? We're all 46 right yeah. now. <laughs> so someplace out there. Happy birthday, Rocky. <laughs> Actually, don't know when it was released. The what movie? Month it was released. Yeah. What month it was released. I think it, I want to say August of 75. Okay. I was just reading Very it. slightly younger. <laughs> August 15th, 1975. Okay. So my goal for this year, my bucket list is to watch all of these movies by the end of the year that are mentioned or referenced in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. And I have a list. All right. These are, uh, this is from the, the opening song. Well, not just from the opening song. There, there are a few other references uh, throughout the movie, um, you know, Things like uh, the tattoos on Eddie's hands. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. Uh, so the first one, of course, is Frankenstein, uh, which is referenced because we have the creation, right? That's right. Rocky in his gold speedos. <laughs> <laughs> and they refer to the house as oh yeah, the Frankenstein yep. house. Yeah. Over at the Frankenstein place, there is Frankenstein a Frankenstein place. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and of course there's the scene with Rocky and Riff Raff, uh, where Riff Raff picks up, you know, they're left alone together and Riff Raff picks up the big candelabra and starts tormenting the, uh, the creation Rocky. Right. Yeah. Scaring him with fire. Yep. That is apparently straight out of Frankenstein. I have never seen the original Frankenstein movie, so I don't Bucket know list. if I have, if I have, I don't remember it, but I knew, I, I think every Frankenstein movie has that yeah. in it. I feel he's, like, afraid, uh, he's afraid of fire. <laughs> I feel like this is going to be our next, uh, our next episode together. <laughs> I don't think I've actually ever seen any old sci-fi movies. I've never seen, um, uh, what's the one that they remade with Tom Cruise? Oh, War, uh, of, the War Worlds. of the Worlds. Yeah, never seen it. Me neither. So you haven't seen Frankenstein or any of the old ones? Um, did I? I don't. It, only if it was covered on Mystery Science Theater, <laughs> and and then did I really see it? <laughs> no, because we're all paying attention to the snips. Yeah, we're not um, listening to the actual quips. dialogue, right? <laughs> the, the snips and quips. <laughs> I loved MST three K. It's absolutely super fun. <laughs> Something like like the original Frankenstein I might have seen in school, you know, yeah. because it's like, oh, that was always like, hey, we're reading Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. And that leads up to uh, the, the one or the two class periods where we watch the, you know, yeah. the movie in two parts and the teacher doesn't have to do anything those days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that could have that could have happened. I don't know. Because otherwise, you know, why do I know that he's afraid of fire? I don't think I've ever seen any Frankenstein movie all the way through other than Young Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Igor. 
That's Igor. I <laughs> <laughs> love it. All right. So Frankenstein is one of them. Uh, Dr. X, uh, let there be lips. Uh, so Rocky Horror Picture Show, of course, begins on an appropriately odd note. Uh, the opening credits roll with a pair of disembodied crimson lips. Uh, and uh, they set the mood by regaling us with a song called Science Fiction Double Feature. Uh, the lyrics are loaded with a lot of references uh, to the movies, including 1932's Dr. X, which I have also never seen, but is uh, about a mad scientist and his homemade creature, not unlike Frankenstein. So apparently that was the first horror movie to ever be shot in color, um, although a black and white version was shown at most of the movie theaters. So Dr. X. Huh. What year? Uh, that was from 1932, way back when. Wow. Yeah, would... Dust Bowl. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I knew that, I, I know that it, it isn't, but I always mm -hmm. think that, um, that, uh, Wizard of Oz is the first color movie for some stupid reason, because it starts What's out in black and white and then turns to color. I don't know. This is the first sci-fi that was first... sci-fi horror film that was shot in color. Yeah. But this is seven years before. Yeah. Wizard oh, Oz, you thought so. that was the first one you ever... Yeah, I don't... I don't know what the first color movie is. I don't is. know. Yeah, I'm curious now. I'm also curious to see if any of your viewers out there have seen any of these films and if they have a favorite. Oh, boy. 1917. What? The, really? The Gulf Between. The, I gotta write that down now. <laughs> I feel like this, this is something that needs to happen, like a watch party. If it's even available. The Gulf Between. What's that about? I don't know. Definitely something to watch. So I'm pretty sure that now we're going to have our next uh, our next episode together. <laughs> it's going to be all the, the old sci-fi movies like, see if I've met my bucket list. Because I'm going to try to hit each of these movies if I can, if they're available. I feel like some of the older movies aren't easy to easy to find yeah okay so i guess the gulf between was the first technicolor movie before that oh, there was something called kinema color <laughs> created in 1906 and the first movie shot with that 1908 a visit to the seaside which is a <laughs> short film well you know they had to start somewhere right i don't know why like the snippet from that article that comes up t tells you about the the Technicolor movie. Technicolor. So I don't know. I don't. I don't know technically which one is the first one. Well, because it uh, the first color movies I believe were hand painted. Like all of the cells were hand colored in. Yeah, that was individually. Yeah, I saw that in that article too, where they they did that with that um. Not with a computer. Can you imagine how painstaking that was, though, back in the day? Frame by frame. Somebody made a lot of money because <laughs> that's a tedious job. Yeah, that that uh, a trip to the moon. Mm -hmm. You know, the movie where the guy goes up in like a it's not a rocket. It's like a like a projectile shell <laughs> that gets fired a from a cannon. <laughs> yeah, but it looks like like a like an artillery shell and it hits yeah. the moon in the eye in the face. <laughs> That's that's one yeah. of the one of the first ones that was uh, hand colored. 
oh after, <laughs> after after the fact. But know, even then, it's like it's like sepia tone, isn't it? It's not even really color color. Yeah, yeah. From what I remember, uh, and I then think, they started hand painting. <laughs> I think that one just popped up on HBO Max, the actual movie. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, I think so. What was it called? Fly to the moon. Um, a trip to the moon. Trip to the moon. Nineteen oh two. Oh my god, that's yeah. that's insane. Because I f- feel like the first photograph was in what like the mid 1800s well now yeah i don't know (laughs) that sounds about right that's (laughs) 1902 that's insane so the next one we have is the invisible man uh which is kind of where they get the the whole lips at the beginning of rocky horror picture show because they blacked out everything except for the lips um so the invisible man uh, was an H.G. Wells novel, uh, based on the H.G. Wells novel, and directed by James Whale, the visionary behind Universal's Frankenstein, and the 1935 follow-up, The Bride of Frankenstein, which, of course, is also referenced in Rocky Horror Picture Show. Magenta's wig. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I got it right. You get the consolation prize. <laughs> Uh, King Kong, 1933, of course. Yep. Uh, that one in the, uh, well, they reference it a couple of times, they actually. Do. Yeah. It's in the, it's in, um, that opening song, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the it, end. It might be in another song. And then at the end, it gets acted out. Yeah. During the um, uh, floor so, show. Yeah. Uh, cause Frankenfurter talks about whatever happened to Fay Ray. That delicate satin draped frame. Yep. But then there's the RKO radio tower scene where he's climbing, <laughs> where Rocky is climbing with Daddy on his back. <laughs> <laughs> Don't shoot Daddy in the back <laughs> with your laser gun, banana head. <laughs> I still really want to know what's with the banana ponytail. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like shaped like a banana, like it's sticking straight up. Well, it's like he's got it tied up on the crown of his head on his bald spot. Yeah. And it's like, boink. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of strange things about that movie. <laughs> so RKO Pictures apparently was uh, was one of the, if not the biggest uh, uh, motion picture movie in Hollywood at the time. Uh, so they did a lot of these. Um, so, of course, we had The Bride of Frankenstein, which was from 1935. Magenta's lovely hairstyle <laughs> for the climax of the film. Um, so apparently Magenta's hairstyle was modeled after the bust of Nefertiti, which I did not know. Really? But it makes sense. Yeah. Because huh. she's got that like square thing going on. Oh, yeah. With the hair had not thought about that but she's got like the the fright wig white yeah well and it, if you look at that it's it. kind of like a uh, lightning shaped. oh is it lightning shaped yeah so apparently uh elsa lanchester was the one who played the bride of frankenstein uh she said it was my own hair uh i had it lifted up from my face all the way around and then they placed a wire cage on my head and <laughs> combed my own hair over that cage and then they put the gray streak hair pieces in afterward. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> Fun with Hollywood makeup. <laughs> All right. So then uh, the day the earth stood still, of course, is mentioned in uh, in the opening credits. Yep. The day the earth stood still, which is apparently one of the first films where aliens were shown as benevolent instead of hostile. Uh, and it was basically a warning because uh, this was during the Cold War era uh, or like beginning of the Cold War era in 1951 uh, and was basically a warning about the use of nuclear weapons. So uh, when worlds collide, of course, said George Powell to his bride, I'm going to give you some terrible thrills, uh, obviously, in the uh, in the beginning of the movie. Uh, so. When worlds collide, let's see. Uh, I have not seen that. I have not seen the original War of the Worlds. Uh, apparently, this was another H.G. Wells novel, which I actually haven't read any H.G. Wells either. God, I need to get on top of my nerddom. <laughs> I'm such a bad nerd. It's terrible. Well, I mean, you know, how, how far back are you supposed to go? I mean, yeah, like I haven't actually read any sci-fi, so you would think for a nerd I would be better at this. I don't, I don't read a lot either. I don't remember reading any, but I I can't rule out that the I was made to read an H.G. Wells book in school. Yeah. I, I know who he is. Yeah, 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 of course. Well, I'd actually take that back. So I did see the um, I did see the remake of War of the Worlds with Tom Cruise, but I feel like really to be a good nerd, I need to watch the original and uh, uh, you know get into the the old school sci-fi. It's where it all began, isn't it? After all, <laughs> so when worlds collide is a doomsday story. Although this time mankind's survival is apparently threatened uh, not by extraterrestrial warships, but by a rogue planet that's about to smack right into Earth. Because that's a thing that can happen. <laughs> you know, every once in a while, a planet hangs out and happens by and they're driving really badly. Why not? That's so, <laughs> so why we need planet insurance. <laughs> We'd like to uh, discuss your planet's warranty with you. <laughs> start getting spam calls <laughs> so when another potentially habitable planet is discovered the world's leaders scramble to save humanity by dispatching a space arc uh-huh yeah because with... you can just build one of those real quickly space arc i feel like um oh what's the name of the show on uh what is it? Uh, it's called uh, Avenue Five. Oh yeah, have you seen that yet? I have. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of a space arc. <laughs> it <laughs> with, becomes one <laughs> with its poop ring. <laughs> <laughs> the most beautiful poop ring ever. <laughs> For everybody out there listening, if you have not watched District or not District Five, uh, <laughs> Avenue Five, you absolutely need to watch this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's phenomenal. You, you gotta eject your waste a little more forcefully when your ship has its own gravity, right? <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, and your and your bat bodies, your dead bodies. Yep. Poopering with <laughs> dead bodies in it. Yeah. <laughs> Corpse poopering. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's is that coming <laughs> back for a second season? Uh, I believe it is actually. Okay. Uh, we were looking it up and uh, and I think they're planning on a second season because I it is so. absolutely worthwhile. <laughs> That's from the the same guy that did Veep. I have not seen Veep. We talked about it, this. I I, I this need all to watch it. Very still. familiar. <laughs> <laughs> Deja vu all over. Did again. you watch Avenue Five because I told you about it? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> it is <Awesome>. really good. <laughs> it's really good. But now I need to watch Veep. Uh, right now we're doing uh, what we do in the shadows over again because another uh, apparently another season has come out. So. Which one is that? Uh, what we do in the shadows. Oh, it okay. is on Hulu. Have you not seen this? No, I don't have Hulu. Uh, it's worth it to just. Even if you have to do a free trial, <laughs> it's so worth it just to watch what we do in the shadows. Okay. Uh, and there is a movie as well. Um, they are ridiculous, stereotypical vampires. <laughs> They're like old school vampires oh, living in. Oh, okay. Yeah, together. I have heard about this. Yeah, it's yeah. excellent. All right. Next one is It Came from Outer Space. Uh, so that's also in the uh, in the opening opening tune. Uh, this is a Ray Bradbury novel uh, done by Universal Studios. Uh, they they hired him on to pen an original story about an alien spaceship. Uh, instead of writing a short plot synopsis, he just actually went and wrote a full-length script. And he's like, here you go. They're like, oh, oh okay, we weren't expecting this, but because <laughs> Bradbury. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, what? No, I'll write the entire script. Uh, the premise that he came up with put a fresh spin on the alien invasion genre, as it posits that extraterrestrial visitors might not necessarily be evil. Bradbury's plot focuses on interstellar vessels that crash uh, that crash lands in uh, Arizona, uh, and to get home, the otherworldly crew must fix their ride without getting themselves killed by suspicious human beings. <laughs> so we're evil. <laughs> <laughs> this one. Uh, Universal liked the idea, but they decided to let someone else put the finishing touches on the script, which Bradbury was Ooh, not happy with. No. <laughs> it's like, you did what? <laughs> Brad, Bradbury. Bradbury foul. Bradbury foul. You do not, <laughs> yes. you do not polish Bradbury's script. Because Bradbury. Don't touch the Bradbury. <laughs> <laughs> Don't eat the Bradberries. They're poisonous. <laughs> right yeah absolutely i mean that feels very sci-fi <laughs> uh, he said with the treatment in hand bradbury recalled they fired me and hired harry essex to do the final screenplay which he told me later was simply putting icing on the cake <laughs> <laughs> i feel like there's a little bit of an ego there <laughs> just a bit uh, let's see. Titled It Came From Outer Space, their finished movie had a major impact on the whole generation of budding directors. In 1977, Bradbury ended up attending the world premiere of Steven Spielberg's Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Uh, afterward, the author told Spielberg that he thoroughly enjoyed the picture. And in response, the director said Close Encounters wouldn't have been made if I hadn't seen It Came From Outer Space six times as a child. Wow. Thanks. <laughs> So, a little bit of inspiration there. Uh, let's see. Night of the Hunter is the next one. That's in 1955. Uh, this was a Charles Lawton film. Uh, he starred in it. 
and comes with an unforgettable villain. The Reverend Harry Powell, masterfully portrayed by Robert Mitchum, is a serial killing preacher who <laughs> weds and murders a series of rich widows. Wow. And tattooed on his knuckles are the words love, love and, hate. and hate. Yeah. So that's, <laughs> aha. I forgot about the knuckle tattoos. I was like, when you mentioned the hand tattoo before, I was like, what hand tattoo did he have? Yeah. Love and hate. Wow, so that's uh, where that comes next. from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had no idea if what that was a reference to. Well, because that's, sure. that's everywhere. Like there are all kinds of movies where uh-huh. TV shows where somebody's got love and hate or, or other four letter words tattooed on their, on their yeah. knuckles like that. So apparently that spawned a whole generation of tattoos. <laughs> There we in go. the media. Uh, the next one is tarantula. Oh, God, that is an obnoxiously large tarantula. <laughs> I'm looking at the trailer picture, and it's just a bunch of people standing in this old, like, 1930s looking town with this giant black tarantula coming across the hills. <laughs> <laughs> if I see this thing coming over any of the hills near me, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> It's like move over arachnophobia. <laughs> yeah. Lots of regular large size spiders or one the size uh, of I think this is just one big big <laughs> No, I'm saying like which is worse. <laughs> uh yeah, lots of them would not be welcome. I, I Right. <laughs> I think the one big one would be the easiest one to at least see to get away from. Yeah. Whether oh, yeah. you could outrun it, I don't know. He can't divide his attentions, right? <laughs> Unless he can. <laughs> like, maybe he shoots spider webs, giant, large, terribly sticky spider webs. <laughs> spider webs, I can't talk, at everybody. <laughs> is, is, he, uh, is he one of them old school, slow-moving spiders? Or one of them, uh, those, uh, those new, uh, independent <laughs> film, fast spiders? He took over. He took lessons from Michael Myers. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Myers, like, no, no, no. I learned this. You're way too slow. You got to be fast. <laughs> he definitely lost out on the stealthy thing. I mean, you're a big freaking spider, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Who taught the spider how to run fast? <laughs> Michael Myers. Wasn't <laughs> me. What if it's Michael Myers and a giant tarantula? I feel like we're getting into like Sharknado level quality films at that point. <laughs> yeah, I think sci-fi would be all over this. I mean, we had Freddy versus Jason, right? Why not tarantula Why not? versus Michael Myers? <laughs> <laughs> They're both slow as hell. So we're going to take the horror slasher film and we're going to combine it with the 50s... Uh... <laughs> radioactive giant uh animal thing film and uh see what happens why not oh my god it'd be like a five-hour movie because both of them are just lumbering along (laughs) (laughs) and kevin costner is writing and directing (laughs) kevin costner good lord uh so yeah um tarantula of course is uh mentioned in science fiction double features so big giant spiders forbidden planet 
Uh, this is a Gene Roddenberry, uh, wait, no, I'm sorry. Uh, by Gene Roddenberry's own admission, Star Trek owes a lot of, uh, of its influence uh, to Forbidden Planet, uh, which is an epic space opera that carries the whiff of William Shakespeare's The Tempest. Uh, it had an abnormally high budget for a 1950s sci-fi film. Uh, it was about $2 million to create, which is a lot of freaking money at the time. I mean, we're talking 1950s when it costs like, what, 10 cents to get into the movie? Right. And, you know, and like... It, they spent $2 million. Yeah, $2 wow. million dollars in 1950s. <laughs> uh, they had uh, state-of-the-art miniatures and, uh, you know, hand-done matte paintings. Particular care was given to realizing uh, the realizing of the film's primary non-human character, uh, which was Robbie the Robot, which people may know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was, it was an actor in a suit made out of thermoplastic. And he could only wave his arms in one direction. Um, but also had an array. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We've come a long way since then. <laughs> uh, but apparently the Robbie the Robot suit cost at least $100,000 to build. Whoa. And contained 2,600 feet of wiring. In order to make it function, <laughs> they had like neon tube lights that came on whenever it spoke. Um, so yeah, that was oh, wow. pretty uh, pretty advanced tech, and it won an Academy Award for best special effects. In what year is this? Uh, this was 1956. Wow, they had special yeah. effects. They had, they they had the award for special effects in 1956. That alone just blows my mind. Yeah. Absolutely. But, but if you you know if you think about it, you go you go and you look at all those old movies. They were they had special effects, right? <laughs> and I'm using the dick fingers, um, <laughs> but they weren't you know what we think of with computers and everything, or or, or even um, you know like the miniatures, the way that they can film them because they couldn't get the camera close enough, right? To stuff Absolutely. they could build, they could have built the miniatures. They just couldn't have couldn't film them. Yeah. Well, and everything back then was done on a, you know, a movie set Mm -hmm. inside a studio, you know, so they weren't flying people out to a lot of locations back in the day. You know, some of them I'm sure were, but for the majority, they were just painting sets and backgrounds and stuff like that. So uh, you think about Star Wars was like insanely advanced for its time. And that was what, 19, early 1970s. Yeah, they they in, in, invented a lot of the those techniques, and I think that's like getting to mm-hmm. the you know the yeah. that aspect of filming miniature models and how do we do that and do it in mm-hmm. a way that makes it look good. Because I think people had just you know oh, hey these movie cameras are huge, <laughs> let's just film mm-hmm. other big stuff, you know, yep. and those get those uh yeah. What is it? Industrial light and magic? Do they even call themselves that at the time? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Today is just a bunch of nerds. Yeah, bunch of nerds in some warehouse space outside of L.A. or San Francisco. <laughs> I'm not even sure which. Yeah, industrial light and magic. I mean, the CGI techniques that they have now. I mean, you compare the original Star Wars with you know the Star Wars that are coming out now, and they're CGIing everything. Yeah, it's pretty amazing how far we've come. But yeah, uh, you know, miniatures and I, I wonder when the last time 
was that they actually did any sort of miniatures for a film. Well, I think um, they still do them, and the, but they scan them and put them into the computer because, like, <laughs> for, you know, like the the fact that it's handmade and hand painted or whatever, like that, it just, it just looks better. Yeah, the way they light the models and and the way it shows up on film because I, I don't i don't know exactly I can imagine for uh it'd be good for um post-apoc films where you have you know cities entire cityscapes that have been destroyed and you need to have you know everything broken up rusted things like that yeah and um i was thinking i think it's mandalorian mm-hmm. they had all those behind the scenes it was like a whole separate series for mm-hmm. the first season did you watch that yeah i think mm-hmm. they i think they talked about using miniatures still that's impressive. Yeah. The uh, the sets and the backgrounds and everything on that were pretty amazing. Oh, with that. Um, I never remember the name of it, but it's the, the space that they built with the, all the video screens. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm trying to remember what's... Oh, Altered Carbon. You know, you look at cityscapes like that and you're like, hmm. I mean, you could absolutely, you know, scan a... A fake cityscape and like build a miniature cityscape and then you know scan it in and then do all of the neon lights and the mm-hmm. little flashing video screens and things like that uh, and that's one of the best sets i've ever seen for sci-fi anything um, have you watched it no i haven't seen it ah uh, it's it's amazing it's very uh cyberpunk i'm seeing that picture now oh my gosh i feel like this looks like the same robot as Lost in Lost Space. Lost in Space. Yeah. I think. It looks exactly like him. I think they either took Robbie the robot and changed his colors a little bit. Yeah. Or, or they just modeled uh, uh, the Lost in Space robot. What was Lost in Space robot called? It was just called Robot, wasn't it? I don't know. Lost in Space robot. Let's check and see. They may have because... just built a new one that copied Robbie the robot, but made him silver oh, instead of black. He does look different, though. Oh, does he? In seeing, yeah, because he's got, he's got like this clear tube around his head. He actually looks kind of like a violet wand. <laughs> like what? Top. Like a violet wand <laughs> for for kinksters out there. Oh. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's got like a glass like top to it. Um, that's kind of circular. It looks like a donut, basically. Okay. He's got a glass donut on his head. <laughs> <laughs> and and it is just called Robot, yeah. Absolutely. But I grew okay. up with that show. I Me love too. that. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger! <laughs> and the doctor, who was always kind of cranky. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, Forbidden Planet had a, a huge huge budget to it and that robot got a hundred thousand dollars for one costume yeah is a lot for the time so you spent five percent of your budget on what yeah exactly one costume (laughs) (laughs) so this is the one that i was curious about uh one of the lines was dana andrews said prunes gave him the runes but passing them used lots of skills I I had no idea what that was from or about. Um, it is from a 1957 movie called Curse of the Demon. Hmm. And uh, basically, uh, it 
Some of the references it says are subtler than others. The Magnificent Mouth never name checks this film, but it alludes to it by quipping Dana Andrews. Sid Prunes gave him the runes and passing them used lots of skill. Curse of the Demon, starring Andrews, was based on Casting the Ruins, a 1911 short story by M.R. James, a subtle breed of monster film. It features a hellish beast that hunts down the, an accursed human being. In order to build suspense and uncertainty, uh, director Jacques Tournure, <laughs> I'm trying to pronounce that correctly. I don't <laughs> speak French. I'm planning uh, or planned on keeping the monster almost completely out of sight. By doing this, he hoped to make the audience question the creature's existence. But when his producer rejected the idea, Tanura was forced to shoot long sequences that explicitly showed the monster reaching out and killing its prey. Nearly 60 years later, later fans still argue about whether this was the right call or a misstep. Hmm. So yeah, interesting. I, I definitely want to watch that one because I was super curious about where that line came from. And runes do give you the runes, I suppose. They make you very regular. <laughs> Eat your prunes, kids. Start You'll never be constipated. I'm going to start pronouncing it the runes. <laughs> I've got the runes. You get a, a case of the runes. <laughs> like I'm Scottish. <laughs> you sound like a grandpa. Oh, that haggis, that, that haggis gave me the runes. <laughs> you get a case of the runes. <laughs> you gotta go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here's a quiz question for you. Okay. What is a triffid? Triffid? Mm-hmm. I don't know. T-R-I-F-F-I-D. Triffid. No, I still don't know. Uh. So, um, The Day of the Triffids was a 1962 sci-fi horror, uh, and I really got hot when I saw Jeanette Scott fight a triffid that spits poison and kills. So, apparently, a triffid is a man-eating plant that comes to life and walks around on its roots uh, and has toxic stingers and an appetite for human flesh. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course it does. Of course, it wouldn't be move an over Audrey. Movie if it wasn't hungry for people. So, if we're doing all of these so and so versus so and so movies, can we have like Triffids versus Audrey too? Oh, I want to <laughs> see that. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody out there needs to make art of a Triffid versus Audrey. So, if you have any like art fans out there, we would probably love to see something like that. <laughs> or a uh, uh, Audrey and and a Triffid costume for a couple. Yeah. <laughs> Go to a Halloween party and they just push each, push each other around the whole time. <laughs> and then start just you know eating the other attendees, eating the other people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, this was from uh, well originally apparently they appeared in 1951 thriller The Day of the Triffids. Uh, let's see, and then let's see. Oh, okay. So uh, the thriller was a book. The, the book came out in 1951, The Day of the Triffids, uh, and then became a movie in 1962. Uh, and this was John Wyndham's most famous book. It tells the story of a meteor shower that blinds everyone who gazes at it. With a huge proportion of humanity rendered sightless, the killer plants oh, of indeterminate origin make their move. So... <laughs> 
Yeah, we have, seem to have a lot of stuff with like meteors crashing in and then stuff comes out from under the ground and starts killing people. <laughs> but the Seems to be a theme. So the, the, the meteor shower blinded a lot of people, but it also mm-hmm. brought the plants. That wasn't just a coincidence that the plants showed up. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, unless they were like sleepers under the ground or something, but it says of indeterminate origin. So I guess they don't actually address that during the film. Uh, apparently, two separate BBC miniseries have been based upon the Day of the Trivets. Uh, the story was also converted into the 1962 far, uh, film starring Jeanette Scott and inspired by Alex Garland to write the screenplay for 28 Days Later. Now I need to watch that also. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to have a lot of movie watching. Sounds like it. I'm trying to think if I've seen, I don't think I've seen 28 Days Later. Have you? I've seen something that has a name like that. Yeah. There's so many, so many days, so many weeks, whatever. Like, I don't <laughs> know. I lost, I lost track of which movie was what. <laughs> I I don't know why. I kept thinking that that was a zombie film. I think it is. Yeah. British. I'm pretty sure that it was a zombie film. Well, now, now we'll have to watch it and revisit the next episode. That's a Danny Boyle movie. Maybe I haven't seen this. Yeah, 28 Days Later. Huh, 1962. I feel like there was some Days Later film that was zombies, but now, see, now we'll have to review all of these films at some point. Like, maybe you watch a couple, I'll watch a couple, we'll talk about them. (laughs) We'll have a whole uh, old school sci-fi episode. So the last one is The Band of Outsiders from 1964. Uh, You recall when everybody's doing the time warp and everybody falls over in exhaustion and Brad awkwardly says, say, do any of you guys know how to Madison? (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And all of us are like, what the hell is the Madison? (laughs) I assume it's a dance. It is. Uh, From a crime drama called Band of Outsiders. Uh, It was a French New Wave film. Uh, by Jean-Luc Goddard. Uh, And it's about three wannabe thieves who plot to execute a heist, and at one point the trio dances the Madison in a Parisian cafe. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Very strange. Uh, So that's... I feel like that's not really a sci-fi, though. No. Band of Outsiders. That's just a a really, really bizarre reference. (laughs) So, yeah, I won't be watching that one because, you know, sci-fi only. That's right. No, it's out. (laughs) Uh, Oh, there is one more. Uh, Beyond the Valley of the Dolls, 1970. So we're getting, we're starting to getting, or to get closer into our our time frame, but still wasn't born yet. Believe it or not, I have seen this. Have you? Yep. So is it good? Like, did you enjoy it or? Um, I, I may have been. Not in my normal sober mind when I saw it. <laughs> so so I did don't, you MST3K it? I don't remember much. I actually watched it. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> I feel like at some point I need to travel to Georgia. And we need to just, like, have a movie. Uh, you know, an entire movie night where we just MST3K a bunch of movies. 
will be like a live episode. <laughs> oh, wait, you know what? No. <laughs> I didn't see this. I saw Valley of the Dolls. Okay, the 1967. The, the first one. So I... Uh, <laughs> I did not see Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. <laughs> apparently they come back. Darn oh, it. this looks... thought I had one. <laughs> oh, I'm seeing the, the picture of the trailer here, and it looks very... Uh, very Barbarella, mm-hmm. <laughs> which actually was another good old sci-fi fun movie. You're going to die by pleasure. She's in some like <laughs> sort of machine that looks like a bunch of piano keys <laughs> from the inside. It's weird. Very strange movies. Uh, so this one was actually uh, written by Roger Ebert in part. Uh, nicknamed BVD by its fans, so apparently became kind of a cult classic, uh, was originally supposed to be a sequel to the critically panned drama Valley of the Dolls, which you have seen, apparently. Yep. Uh, Director Russ Meyer had other ideas. As Ebert put it, the auteur wanted everything in the screenplay except for the uh, kitchen sink. The movie, he theorized, should simultaneously be a satire, uh, a serious melodrama, a rock musical, a comedy, a violent exploitation picture, a skin <laughs> flick? What is a skin flick? Uh, porn? <laughs> oh, 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 okay. <laughs> I was like, never heard it referred to like that. And a moralistic expose of what the opening crawl called the oft-times nightmarish world of show business. Huh. That sounds in- interesting, actually. I would watch this. Yeah, Absolutely. I think that's... anything that's a parody, I'm I'm in. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely going to be on the list. Uh, so yeah, those are uh, all of the movies that are featured. And apparently, when Doctor Scott is dragged uh, through the castle, you know he's going up the stairs in his wheelchair and then goes around like Magenta and Columbia. Uh, apparently, there is a poster on the wall of uh, of the film. Okay. So. So if you're watching very, very, very closely, <laughs> which I feel like you'd need, you'd need to see the film about 150 times before you notice something that small. But uh, if you're really into Rocky Horror Picture Show, you might have actually noticed this in the background. I have to say, I do want to stay in this castle, though. Yeah. It looks phenomenal. Uh, it's actually not that far from Heathrow Airport, apparently. And if you book a room there, apparently you can get, uh, let's see, uh, there's breakfast, uh, a lunch, and then they have a feature of the Rocky Horror Picture Show at night. This is at Oakley Court, the house, Mm -hmm. the scary house, the Frankenstein place. Yes, (laughs) over at the, stay over at the Frankenstein place. For 260 pounds, you can secure overnight accommodations at Oakley Court, a full English breakfast, an afternoon buffet on the lawns, and a late night screening of the film. That's not a bad deal. Yeah. For two, I mean, one night, two meals, and, and, a, mm-hmm. and a show. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I think that'd be super fun. Like if you're planning a, you know, a British excursion, do it. Hi, Calliope. <laughs> uh, so my cat is also guest star. On the uh, podcast today. Welcome to the show, Calliope. (laughs) Hi. (laughs) She's angry because I'm not paying attention Uh, to her. (laughs) Too busy with Rocky Horror Picture Show. (laughs) 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 So yeah, uh, yeah, that would be that would be really fun. 
to go see that castle. Yeah. And then there is the uh, the sequel. So oh now I have to ask, have you seen the sequel? You know, I wasn't going to watch it because it um it's not available to mm-hmm. stream anywhere. There's like a really bad quality uh, copy on YouTube. Yeah, that's that, what I that's watched. That's free where the formatting changes back and forth from <laughs> yeah. everyone is stretched out fat and short to everyone is squished up <laughs> tall and skinny to everyone is stretched out fat and short again. I, I think I like the fat and short one better. Yeah. It was like a regular <laughs> 16 by 9 widescreen format, but then they added bars on the top of the bottom to confuse YouTube. And then they switch like a third of the way through to bars on the sides <laughs> to make awful. it square. And then they, and then it goes back again. But uh, yes. <laughs> but then I, I saw that you, you had posted something um, uh, on, yeah. on, on social media. And I just want to read because it made me laugh so, so <laughs> loud. And our conversation is so long. Now I got to scroll. <laughs> where is it or what, no, it was on facebook hang on yeah it was such a bad experience <laughs> oh here we go lisa said when you're about to guest on a podcast but you can't sustain the torture of getting through this unbearable f-ing film <laughs> jesus it's such an awful movie <laughs> so bad and it was so bad and i th- i can't believe you found a <laughs> gif from it like there's a gif exists <laughs> Because you posted that GIF. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> I saw comments saying that that was like a direct throwback to Donald Trump. And I'm like, yeah, he kind of reads of Donald Trump. Wait, which character? <laughs> the uh, the guy in that GIF who is, um, he's like the businessman, the uh, fast food mogul. And so he's everything capitalism. Oh, I, yeah, I couldn't oh. I couldn't quite follow the plot while watching it. I had to go yeah. to the Wikipedia and read it. And, and, and even then I thought, well, OK, if you say so. That, that, I was going to say, Mike, you're assuming this has a plot. That's, if, you, if you insist, that's what I just saw. I'll, I'll, I'll believe the Internet because I'm not going to watch it again. But I, I felt so bad that you were watching it and it was so terrible that I, I, I had to watch it then. So I did. I didn't. I didn't get through the whole thing. I will fully admit, I couldn't. Oh. I couldn't get through the entire thing. It was I, so bad. I, I don't know how it ends. And like I said, I read I it. Don't on, either. I watched it, and then I read it on Wikipedia, and I didn't remember seeing what Wikipedia said. What was what happened? But um, yeah, yeah. it's terrible. It um, was not well received in the no. theaters either. <laughs> I mean, it's it's in the same style as yeah, Rocky well, Horror, but that's about could, it. <laughs> like you could see with the audience, uh, you know, there's a lot of style that's very similar to the transvestites in Neato you know, Rocky Horror, um, you know, all the party attendees, and they're all in sunglasses and, um, you know, doing a lot of very campy dancing. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> I get being campy, like purposefully, but this was just can't be with no plots <laughs> right i think it's not good i think what was supposed to be happening and i didn't get this at all from watching it was mm-hmm. was that uh so the it, the whole thing takes place in a tv station mm-hmm. it's it's the denton television station mm-hmm. <laughs> dtv and yeah um so apparently according to uh wikipedia the entire town has been kept there brought there yeah. and and imprisoned there and they're forced to watch them 
act out and shoot these TV shows live, but they're like, there's different, it's like soap operas and like mm-hmm. the characters end up going into the soap opera and they're in one soap opera and then they come out and they go into another soap. Opera. It's like... Well, cause at one point during the movie, everybody in the audience is just like asleep. Yeah. And <laughs> they're all knocked out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so is that yeah. what I'm supposed to be doing here on my couch? <laughs> Apparently, you're actually in a movie studio, yeah. you know, you're, <laughs> you're trapped. It's like a very Twilight Zone, actually. You know, everybody's just captive in this studio audience. Yeah, but it wasn't really made obvious that that was what they were doing. No, no, it wasn't. It was like, oh, we're at a TV studio. Okay. Why are we in a TV studio? We don't know. We just are. <laughs> And then apparently they uh, they decide to drug a bunch of people at some point, and they drug Janet. And Janet is not played by Susan Sarandon. Nope. Sadly, but that was probably a smart career choice for her. And, and Brad is not Barry Bostwick. I'm curious how they feel about their their time in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Because they were because... they were they weren't in the play, right? They were just in the movie. Those two, right? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And Meatloaf too. I don't think. Right. But everybody yeah. else was in the play. All the British yeah, well, actors. So well, and then they came out with the Rocky Horror Show on Broadway, which was like a remount. It's it was kind of a rewrite though, because the soundtrack's a little bit different. Um, I think there are some, I think they added some, uh, some songs to the Rocky Horror Show. Um, let's see when that came out on Broadway. Because it was, I feel like it was the early 2000s that the Rocky Horror Show came back out on Broadway. Oh, yeah. The um, revival. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Of course, everything that comes up is the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Let's see, Broadway. Because well, the soundtrack to that is good. It's yeah. really good. I did know that that the order that stuff happens in mm-hmm. the in the original stage production mm-hmm. changed in the movie. Mm-hmm. And some of the songs changed when they did the movie. And then they, they liked those changes so that mm-hmm. those then became afterward in continued performances. Yeah. On the stage. Uh, they, they, they kept it the way they did it in the movie. But I'm not, I'm not familiar with whatever changed in the revival. Oh, this is interesting because it looks like there was a 1981 and 1982 tour, which I didn't realize. Hmm. The Rocky Horror Show. Uh, let's see, it looks like there was a 40th anniversary broadcast, 2015. Yeah, I believe it came back to Broadway in the early 2000s. Yeah, the New York. Huh, interesting. So yeah, the Rocky Horror Show, I guess, was uh, was a thing long before I thought. Apparently it came out in the 70s. In, uh, let's see, 1973, uh, well, The yeah. West End. This is The West End, 1973. The film I thought was, was 1975, so I yeah. guess they brought it to the stage first. You didn't know that? Huh. I did not. I had no idea. Yeah, it was... Um... It was the first thing that Richard O'Brien ever wrote. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> and then he decided, well, then, let's take it to the silver screen. Well, they they did the the they started out on like uh, you know the up the upstairs of the of the theater on this mm-hmm. like the second stage, 
<laughs> where anybody <laughs> could go perform whatever they wanted to in in London and then it became big in London and then they brought it to Los Angeles in 74 and then they did the movie in 75 but yeah it was That's um interesting <laughs> the glee tribute episode it was actually a really good episode have you watched glee i was um i think i saw that cuz it said it was in the second season of glee yeah. and i was probably mm-hmm. still watching it then i didn't watch it all the way to the end it was it was good cuz it was very you know controversial they're like no no high school should be doing this show oh <laughs> Of course, because, you know, it's of an adult nature. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No 10-year-old should be going there either. (laughs) You're such a deviant, Mike. (laughs) I didn't have anything to do with that. And um, and if you want to uh, close the show today with a a little viewer mail, maybe we can find out more about that. I think that would be great. That's right. It's not a Kevin question. Uh, not and it is in response to mail that i sent <laughs> but, but we let's do, hear this we do have viewer mail and a theme this is the henry mancini version of the viewer mail theme performed live on late night with david letterman because <laughs> of course i had to go grab that um <laughs> it's appropriate Okay, so I texted my Aunt Mary Beth, mm-hmm. <laughs> who along Uh-oh. with my Uncle Dan, back when they were still still just dating in, in 1985, <laughs> decided to take <laughs> me to a midnight showing of the Rocky Horror Show, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. And uh, <laughs> so I got this email from, from her and it says, this is what we could remember when we put our heads together. And then the rest of it is in Dan's voice. Uh, so Dan says, year probably was 1985. I think it was. Uh, I lived in Munson Township in the Stone House. It was like a, a little stone farmhouse way out in the exurbs of Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> remember <laughs> remember Cleveland? Cleveland, yes. <laughs> yeah. So that, that was where I saw it. <laughs> he says, uh, Mary Beth and I were living together. I don't remember them actually living together. I just remember they were dating, but they did get mm-hmm. married not too long after that. Um, and it says, Lori and Michael stayed with us for blank days. My memory of this <laughs> is that uh, it was just me. I don't remember Dr. Lori, my sister, being there. Um, and, I, and I remember just being the one night, not multiple days. But anyway, he continues, we wanted to let them do some things that their parents might not let them do. Well, good example. <laughs> <laughs> so they were cool is what you're saying <laughs> i i guess uh, he says the heights art theater question mark not sure of the name in the coventry neighborhood of cleveland heights had weekend showings of the rocky horror picture show at midnight coventry was a countercultural neighborhood with lots of young people in it and activity you did not see in the suburbs it probably was a last minute decision to drive 40 minutes to coventry for a midnight movie Laurie and Michael thought it was a bit scandalous and weren't sure whether it was an exciting adventure or something to disapprove. Oh, like we were the sticks in the mud? Little column A, little column B, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Again, I don't remember 
having an opinion one way or the other. I just remember being told, we're going to go see a movie at midnight. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's it? That's what I remember. (laughs) There was no warning. No. Then you were like, what did I just watch? Well, here we go. Arrival at the theater probably added to this indecision. Most of the people attending were in their 20s and in costume. (laughs) Lori and Michael didn't know the show, so didn't understand the costumes. Some of the costumed attendees made jokes about our group because we were so clearly not part of the the in-the-know crowd. (laughs) So yeah, we were getting getting hazed. (laughs) Because we were dressed like squares. (laughs) And with a (laughs) 10-year-old... He goes on, key moments in the movie. The newspaper that Janet used to cover her head in the rain was the Cleveland Plain Dealer. Now that I noticed when I watched it the other day. I'm like, does that say Plain Dealer on it? Is this supposed to be in Ohio? He says, this connects Brad and Janet with Cleveland and is meant to signify them as squares. Lori and Michael did not get the joke during the movie, but they were delighted to learn later what a square place Cleveland was. Learn something new every day. Yeah. And, uh... <laughs> When the sexually ambiguous Dr. Frankenfurter seduces Janet and then Brad, the seductions are shown in shadows on their bed curtains. Mary Beth worried that maybe we made a bad decision taking Lori and Michael to the movie. <laughs> oh, oh, that was the thing. <laughs> so this whole business with, it, it was me and, and Dr. Lori, right? So I was 10. She, was, she would have been, I was 10 going on 11. She had just turned 15. Yeah. And and my memory of it is that it was just me. Like for some reason, I got mm-hmm. sent with my aunt and uncle to stay overnight at their place for some weird reason while our whole Watch. family was there visiting. <laughs> Sexually subversive movies yeah. at the time. <laughs> so, I, I you know, I was like why why did they, you know, cuz I figured well who's the best who's the best person to ask? Mm-hmm. what happened because you know my memory isn't that great i was 10 uh, yeah. and i was probably tired because <laughs> <laughs> so, it's midnight right so i asked the two adults who were there and they both say that i you know that it was me and dr Lori. and i'm like i've never heard my sister talk about this i don't know if i've ever mentioned this to my sister and then i start thinking wait a minute something's something's wrong here so i texted dr Lori and i said hey did you ever go see a midnight showing of rocky horror <laughs> totally not leading just bringing it up and she said yeah back in college i'm like okay that's not 15 <laughs> no no so i said you didn't go with me and mary beth and dan in 1985 why not they think you were there but i don't remember you being there where were you then <laughs> And she goes, when we were 15 and 11? <laughs> I was technically still 10, but... And I said, yeah, I don't oh, know why God. I was with them by myself. This probably... Yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. She says, I have no memory of this at all. <laughs> Blanked it out. <laughs> she was traumatized. So oh, then, my God. And then she called me and she's <laughs> like, Mary Beth and Dan took you to see... A midnight showing of Rocky Horror when you were 10? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, how come I've never heard about this? I'm like, how come they think you were there? So there needs to be some more uh, investigation in this, and I'll, and I'll update you next time. <laughs> and if you like, next on Dr. Phil. 
<laughs> my family took me to a midnight showing of Rocky Horror <laughs> at the age of 10. <laughs> do I do I know how to do Dr. Phil? <laughs> well, well, Mary Beth and Dan, what the hell were you thinking bringing, bringing a 10-year-old boy to that movie? Is that about what Dr. Phil sounds like? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. I just imagined myself with a... <laughs> With a porn stash oh and bald. <laughs> well, yeah. So there's oh, there goodness. there was more. There's more to that story, and and <laughs> and now there's even more to that story because the, none of it makes any. Like I I remember being there by myself with my aunt and uncle. My sister doesn't remember being there. My sister never even heard about this happening. Thirty what? Thirty six years ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a long, long time ago. And um. Yeah, but they both think that she was there, and I got I got to I got to get back with them anyway. <laughs> so that's yeah, that's kind of what happened. <laughs> well, I'm kind of curious now when you uh, get back with them. Maybe we'll have to touch on that when we uh, when we talk about old sci-fi films. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna try to get through this bucket list. I really am because well, now I want to know. You'll have to. You'll have to. We'll have to whittle them down to like maybe two or three, and then l- yeah. let me know which ones I'm supposed to watch. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely the Triffids. I think the Triffids need to happen. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of want to see that one. I want to know what they look like. Mm-hmm. I have to. I'm gonna have to see this. I'm guessing it's not as good as it looks on the poster. Uh, probably not, <laughs> no. especially if they're moving. It's you know, it's just people in in plant suits. So there's like there's gonna be oh the, the two thicker like stalk root base things at the bottom where the legs are and then there's going to be two really thick <laughs> branches of or whatever where the art you know the arms are and then other things just kind of wiggling around okay so mike i'm a little bit terrified looking at these orange things because it looks almost reminiscent of the monster that i watched in gaia the other night like with that roughly kind of fungus look on the top of the head that is <laughs> I'm skeezed out again. <laughs> the fungus is back. It is. I think it is. And it's in the triffids. Yeah, yeah. You... I typed in triffid in Google, and you see these like orange things Ooh. with roughly top heads and tongues coming out of them. And uh, yeah, it's it kind of looks like that. Or if you Google Gaia, they look pretty good. Might show the, tri- you. the triffids, but I don't know what they look like when they move. These are just stills. Well, we'll have to watch and see, won't we? We will. <laughs> well, this uh, this episode carries the Charles Atlas seal of approval. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> the Charles Atlas seal of approval. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it was fun. Yeah. This was good. Yeah. We'll do this again with uh, the inspiration or some of the inspiration movies. Yeah, absolutely. That this was, this movie was making fun of. (laughs) (laughs) Good times. All right. Well, Lisa, thank you. Mike. Thank you. I appreciate it. This was Good fun. To talk. And uh, I'll have to take some pictures when I go to Rocky Horror Picture Show on the 30th and send them off to you. Yes, do that. Great. 
and uh, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween to you as well. Thank you. Don't uh, don't get caught by Michael Myers, although he's usually easy to outrun. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, as long as I don't go see this latest Halloween movie where he's scary, where he is now fast, then the Michael Myers that will come to me in my dreams will still be slow, <laughs> and I'll be able to outrun. <laughs> And there's a third one that's going to come out too. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> did they put him on a rocket in a rocket pack? I, you know, I around? think they're probably going to they're going to kill him. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're going to kill okay. him. He needs to stop coming back. <laughs> <laughs> it's been how many years? <laughs> First one takes place in 1968, I think. Wow. Yeah. So he's had quite yeah. quite quite a run. He probably had a lot of, uh, you know, nice uh, plastic surgeries to keep him <laughs> young looking in that mask. <laughs> well, he, he he doesn't have any wrinkles because his, uh, his face has never seen the sun, right? <laughs> That's very true. He is nocturnal. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Well, Lisa, do you want to ask me where they can find us? Hey, Mike. Yeah. Where can they find you? I'm so glad you asked. They can find us at nerdburgershow.com. Email us nerdburgershow at protonmail.com. Join us next time on Nerdburger when someone calls in on Zoom or Skype or Hangouts or morse code on it <laughs> sends a telegram or just shouts from my front yard through the window with a bullhorn we'll make it happen i'm gonna buy us i'm gonna buy us a very long string and get two cans <laughs> <laughs> there we go that's it that's what we have to do <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's about where we're at as far as technology. Uh, what's your uh, longest uh, spool of string there? A uh, hundred feet. You got uh yeah. Give me about uh, thirty of those. <laughs> time together. And a couple of cans too. Thanks. We'll have to run it under the ground there you go. Yeah. <laughs> between here and Georgia. Yeah, some nice uh, nice wide like a uh, three or four inch conduit, so it has room to vibrate next episode will be in uh 30 21 <laughs> <laughs> it will be about how long it takes us to set this up yeah <laughs> oh my goodness uh, all right well thanks for hanging in there and yeah hope, this hope was you, fun hope you feel better <laughs> sorry for oh, no, sorry for all of it. the tech <laughs> issues i'm gonna gonna try to find a new network card for this computer <laughs> and see if that helps okay hopefully we'll see so all right well have a great halloween thanks and, you too uh, enjoy your I will talk rocky to horror you. yeah and i will talk to you after prison all right <laughs> good luck with that thanks all right all right take care all right you too okay bye-bye bye, -bye. bye.